days are filled with adventure, and Go Go Squeeze is there for every run, jump, step of the way. Made from wholesome ingredients like 100% fruit and veggies, real yogurt, and no artificial anything. In Go Anywhere pouches, so our kids can keep going wherever their adventures take them. Go Go Squeeze. You make the memories, we'll make the snacks. Find us in the applesauce aisle. Let's go. Welcome to the Spirit Centered Business Podcast where we blend the spiritual with the practical for supernatural results. Now, here is your host, Berlin Newby. Welcome to Spirit Centered Business. I am giddy off my seat to have Dan Duvall with us today. So sit back, put on your seatbelt, because we're going to be talking about some cool things. I brought him in today because he did a podcast about the financial structures and how they really are set up and what they look like in the spirit realm. And there's a lot of intel that he can drop. And the reason that we need to know that for our business is because our business is the gateway. It's the tool. It's the door, the portal, whatever you want to call it. It's the channel that God wants to funnel the money from the wicked to us. And so when we set up and establish our business, it is the way that we can take some of that money. And so I brought Dan on so he can tell us how that money system has really been set up because we have been lied to and Dan brings the truth. And then the other thing is that he's an amazing spiritual warrior and so we can learn how to, to pray although you know what dan i don't even know if we're going to get to all of that maybe you have to do part 17 i, I don't know whatever how long it takes to get through it all maybe we won't get to it all but we will do our best you guys are just going to absolutely love this show today so dan yeah <laughs> welcome i love that you're here this is so cool well, thank you very much, Braylon, for your graciousness and having me here and in your introduction. Uh, th there's a lot to talk about, you know. I, I, I mean, I think I'm an unlikely candidate for talking about economic stuff, but uh, here we are. Uh, let me tell you one thing that is, is, is for certain, the level of ignorance um, in the world is not by accident, it is actually uh -huh. engineered and on purpose. And when I talk about economics, what I really get um, frustrated by is how believers try to fit a, uh, a, a, a godly wisdom into the expansion of their callings and business without a full explanation of what they're even engaging. Like we think that we are in a fair system. We're not, we're in a fixed system. The system's fixed. It's designed to create a certain amount of losers every year. And uh, uh, you can have microcosm success in the system that we are born into, but I guarantee you, Braylon, what God has for the body of Christ requires a, a, a system overhaul. It, because the system is fixed. Winners are picked, losers are picked. And uh, until our revelation comes to the level of engaging on such a plane that we cannot be chosen as losers by the powers that be, we're going to continue to basically skirt underneath this glass ceiling 
economically, in the business realm, in the uh, corporate realm, and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're just told, well, if you tithe, if you give, if you do this, if you do that, then it should work. If, if you put in this seven-step business plan, it should work. Uh, but, but that's not the way the world actually works. And, and, and so I begin by introducing the idea that what we navigate is a, a, a debt-based system mm. based on central banks. And that's where the whole Rothschild piece comes in. Now, uh, I, I guess we'll just start there. And, and kind of break this down a little bit in, in, in some simple ways. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it helps to understand what a central bank is. A central bank is a financial institution given privileged control over the production and distribution of money and credit for a nation or a group of nations. And in modern economics, a central bank is usually responsible for the formation of monetary policy and the regulation of member banks. Now, now this isn't like research that's original to me when I'm gonna get into this. This, this is stuff I've read, right? Because sure, I, absolutely. I Thank actually doing the had, research. Yeah. I, I had a friend when I, was, uh, when I was in Bible school and he was older, but I met him. And his name is actually Jerry Robinson. And he wrote a book on this stuff and uh, started a whole ministry and he's doing great things. But, um, you know, he exposed me to the, the, the petrodollar and really beginning to understand that concept. Also, uh, really beginning to understand like, wow, what we navigate is so backwards and, 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 and it, the system is, is so broken. So mm -hmm. when, when we talk about a, a central bank, we call ours the Federal Reserve. But when I learned that the Federal Reserve wasn't even a federal institution, I was shocked. And it was amazing because a lot of people think it is. A, a lot of people- like Federal Express. Right, right, like Federal <laughs> it's, it's not, it's a, a private company. So, so right. our central bank is owned by member banks. Right. It, it, and so it's not owned by our federal government. It's, it's not a by the people for the people institution. Right. Well, you know, this is a side topic, but we should get back into what um, President Trump and the team are doing to change that. But let's go down, finish, finish your explanation first, and then we'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was a book that came out years ago. Um, called The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. And he did an extraordinary expose on the history of the formation of the central bank. Um, now, in 1910, there was a meeting that took place on Jekyll Island, which is off the course of Georgia. And mm -hmm. there was a number of guys, I'm looking at a few notes so I don't get the facts wrong, uh, yeah. but there were a group of bankers that include Paul Warburg, Henry Davidson, Frank Vanderlip, uh, and a number of others, and they created a plan uh, to, to establish this central bank. And um, this led to the establishment of the Federal Reserve by Woodrow Wilson in 1913. And that was controlled by private member banks, which are primarily controlled by the Rothschilds and the Morgans and the Rockefellers. And, the, and see, this, this means that the, because these are Illuminati families, Braylon. And people talk about, does the Illuminati exist? Of course it exists. They're all over everything. If you pull out a dollar bill, they have their symbol 
on our money. It's a pyramid with a floating level. The 13th level is the all seeing eye right there so that you know, and it says Novus Ordo Seclorum, <laughs> new order of the world, right? Because they have their version of a new world order they want to bring in. They look at America as the new Atlantis. So they, they sit on top of our financial system through this finagling and it's conspiratorial. Now, mm. what this does is it means that every time we pay money, we have to pay their member banks interest for printing our currency. That's the beginning of this crazy backwards system. In what world should a nation have to pay foreign investments or foreign interests just to print their own currency? So every time there's economic uh, uh, quantitative easing, right, where, where they're printing currency and flooding the market, uh, the, 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 that, that money is uh, being created at debt owed to these bankers. So every U.S. dollar becomes a claim check on a bond. That's what our money is. It's a claim check on a bond. So, so, so our money is, is, is debt. And so they can print currency um, without limits except imposed by Congress, meaning that uh, the only control that we have over how much we owe them is how much we print. And that's what Congress gets to decide. Now, how backwards is that? Now, the interesting thing is what people don't get. No matter how much money they print, they never print the money that you need to pay the debt on the money they print. Because every time they print money, it's creating more debt. Correct. So there's uh, always a deficit. So the wow. system always has a deficit. And this deficit is engineered. It's engineered, Braylon. Because when you engineer a deficit, then you can create a, 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 a way to pick winners and losers because someone's gonna get stuck with that deficit and they will end up bankrupt at the end of the day. So money disappears when bankruptcies are produced. So that's, that, that, that's the balance on some of this overage. It's like, okay, well, if I go into $500 million worth of debt and I'm the one stuck holding, you know, holding the bag here, and my economics dry up, then I will declare bankruptcy and some of that debt will literally just disappear. I won't have to pay it. Some of it I will, like student loans. So um, the only way to literally, to quote unquote, pay it is by bankruptcy. That's horrible. Well, but it gets worse because we also have what's known as fractional banking, fractional reserve banking. So once the money hits the banks, uh, they get a fractional reserve ratio. And so if I go to a bank and I say, hey, here's uh, $1,000. I'm going to put it in my savings account. That bank will have something like a 10% fractional reserve ratio. What that means is they can loan you $10,000 based on my $1,000 savings account. Hmm. Now, that money only exists because I have uh, a contract with you as a bank that says you promise to pay me $10,000 back. And I have my reserve ratio at 10% because I have $1,000 in Daniel's savings account. So I can create money out of thin air. Mm -hmm. 
But when you go belly up on your promise to pay, again, we have more money that does not exist that is owed to the system. So, so our system is engineered to have losers. Every year, so many people and so many institutions will always have to declare bankruptcy because of the way the system is engineered. But at the end of the day, everything flows to the top because the safest position is to sit on top of it. If you're getting all the interest paid on all the money printed by a nation, you're winning. So not only do the Rothschilds sit on top of the Federal Reserve, but it's also its member banks. This family also has stake in our private banks. So they're making money on most of our, and it, it is so interesting. You know, uh, it, look, I, I, I'm not against people that have chosen a career in banking, right? Uh, I use banks, you use banks, like, but, but there's, there, there is something at play here. It's a system that's been created. We could call it a grid, all right? And, you know, it, it just amazed me. Let me give you an example like the church that thinks they're doing really good business, right? So, so you're in the church world business and you say, we're growing. So we are going to get a massive building for our growth. And that way, when I go to my pastor's meeting with all my pastor friends, I can say, hey, I have a uh, 20,000 square foot building. How big is yours? <laughs> I win. <laughs> and, and, you know, th this kind of thing is very backwards because what happens is, you know, churches are put in these debt situations where now they are uh, uh, signing this contract. They have to pay this promised amount to get their building because they built the building at debt. Mm. Well, guess who's winning on my growth program? The bank and their stakeholders. They're the ones that are getting the most benefit out of the seed that my parishioners are sowing. Well, my leadership is in constant Panic is who's going to keep their job and who's not if we have a downturn in giving next year. So I just picked that example. Like we do not, Berlin, understand the system. We don't understand what we are navigating. And so we just go through life. You know, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to get a car, get a loan. We're going to get a house, get a loan. We're, we're going to start a business, get a loan. So every business Every car, every house that I buy is putting money in the pocket of the people that have engineered and manipulated the system. This is what I call the Rothschild banking grid, the international <laughs> worldwide Rothschild banking grid. But it does not just exist in the natural. It exists in the spirit. Now, here's why this is even worse. You have a problem with their policy. You say, you know, I'm going to sue these guys because I don't like what the Rothschilds are doing. Good luck because they transact all of their business out of a piece of property called the city of London, which exists as a square mile in greater London. Did you know that the city of London is not under the government of the UK at all? They have their own police system. They have their own laws. They have their own everything. Charter. They're just like Washington, D.C., and they are independent of any world government. So anything they do there, you can't touch it except by their laws, which they made up. This is how they, this is, this is classic Illuminati strategy. So look, um, these people, 
have done a, a great injustice in, in the world. And, and, and uh, it's predatory, right? And, and they go yes. not only after this nation, right, starting with, uh, you know, at that time, because the U.S. was really going through some struggles that late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a lot of financial problems. And so they wanted to lean into these international bankers because what we had in place wasn't working so good. But what we gave up was even worse. Now, uh, going on, you know, I, I brought this up. I, I said, you know, people need to just understand the situation. Uh, this gets into something I call realm thinking mm. because it's, it's very important to understand that everything exists as a, a realm or a government or a kingdom. The word realm in my definition means kingdom. The Bible says in Daniel 6.3 that because of the excellent spirit that was on Daniel, the king thought to set him over the entire realm. Well, that word realm means kingdom. So it's a government. And so when I begin to explain this concept to people, I say you have to understand that we personally are realms. There is a realm of Dan Duvall. It is my personal government. And of course, my government is submitted under the government of Jesus. But I have a realm around me and that is measured by my physical body, which is a realm, my soul, which is a realm, and my spirit, which is a realm. And, you know, I, I explain it this way. Braylon, if you've ever read the book of Revelation, you know that in Revelation chapter six, you see death riding a horse and Hades follows him. Now, is death an event or is it a person? Mm -hmm. Well, both. Yeah, <laughs> it, right. Because you, you don't call an event him. You call a person him. Mm -hmm. And so death is a person that is around because the Bible says in Revelation 20 that um, the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell or Hades gave up the dead which were in them. So Hades and death are both persons and places because you can go there, but you can engage it. They are spirits. Same with Jesus. Jesus is a person. You can talk mm -hmm. to him. I'm sure you have, right? So have I. I've met him in the spirit world. We've talked. We hang out. But I can also step inside of him because I am justified freely by grace through the redemption that is found in him. If I want to get redemption, I actually have to go inside of Jesus. So all of the New Testament, we find ourselves talking about being in Christ. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So Jesus is a person and a realm, a location. So, so all spirits, my spirit, your spirit, are persons and realms. But then we also talk about like, okay, our body is a realm, our soul is a realm, our heart is a realm. Jesus explains this when he talks about the parable of the sower. He says, you know, that stony ground, Matthew 13, when the enemy saw what was sown on the, the, the wayside ground, he came in and snatched up that which was sown in his heart, right? And that's pictured by the birds coming in and eating up all the seed. Yeah. So the ground is the heart. What is a vast territory of ground that looks like a farm where you would plant things? That's a realm. It's a territory. And so what, what happens is 
we, we, we become realms. Now, when you talk about the way you organize corporations in this country, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. Corporations are, are, are realms of government and they have a number. They're realms of government with a number, really. And so you get an EIN when you start a business. Now that EIN is how you file your taxes and how you are doing legitimate business in the mega realm or the macro realm called the United States of America. Which is a corporation. Which is a corporation. Now, the reason why the United States of America is a corporation is because in 1871, again, due to some financial problems and some finagling they were trying to figure out, they changed the constitution of the United States from the constitution for the United States of America to the constitution of the United States of America. Wow. And the difference between for and of is that of denotes an entity that exists. Now we call some of these demonic things that walk around entities, <laughs> right? Because they have sentience and, and guess what? So do corporations by definition, they are persons. By definition, a corporation is a person. So money an entity as well. You could look at it that way. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and we can go deeper into realm thinking if you want, because this actually opens up a whole lot of things and, and we could go through that step by step here, but, but I, I just want to create a, a, a picture here. So when you, yeah. I'm tying these concepts together, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have the United States of America shift, now you have our nation is no longer just a collection of states under a government, but it is a corporation. Mm -hmm. And this corporation has many subsidiaries. They all get a number, mm -hmm. right? And so every subsidiary of the United States of America has a number by which they file taxes. They are a realm that yeah. is an entity. So guess who gets a number? Your huh. business, my business, right? Well, and each of us with our social security number, right? Now, this is where it's going. See, uh, specifically with the birth certificate. In the U.S., nobody gets their original birth certificate, all right? We all get a copy. These copies will have a serial number on them issued on special bank bond paper and authorized by the American Banknote Company. So, our birth certificate and that number and our name in all caps creates out of our humanity an entity that can be bought, sold, and traded and also leveraged against debt. So whatever debt the United States of America takes on, I can, as a private citizen, be pledged as collateral because when I am born, my name in all caps and that number denotes me as a subsidiary of that macro realm or company, corporation. And this is where it gets really interesting because you know every citizen in this nation that is born actually has a value that our government places on our head. Average between 650 and $750,000. That's how much a soul is worth born in the corporation called the United States of America. So, mm -hmm. For these Illuminati people, uh, our nation can 
create as much debt as is equivalent to the number of people that are born and living in this nation times 650 to $750,000. So we could print trillions and trillions of dollars of debt, but where are the collateral, Berlin? Where are the collateral? And this is called the Rothschild International Banking Grid. Like we're a part of it because we're born into it. So I am getting goosebumps. I'm so mad about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so, so hold on. So why are they trying to, you know, Bill Gates and Oprah and all these people are trying to reduce the population because wait a minute, if we're a value and they can print debt based on us here, why are they trying to kill us with vaccines and all of this other stuff? I really don't have all of the answers. You know, it's not all about money. It's about oh. defeating God for these people. Oh, yes. Okay. They are working with Lucifer to win a war against God. And earth is the battlefield. So, mm. you know... Uh, <laughs> They do, they, 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 they do want death um, w without question. Say that they, again. That was a really good quotable. They are, um, and earth is the battlefield. They're at, a, in, on, yeah. at war with? They, they, they are at war along with Lucifer against Jesus Christ. And oh. earth is the battleground. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Earth is the centerpiece of the conflict. Now, I want to, I want to point something out here. Um, unless you had another, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I'm doing all the talking here. I should, I should do. It's okay. It's fascinating. I'm just getting mad. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's upsetting because this is the thing. Uh, generations of Christians, have navigated a broken system that is designed to help them lose. Ah, oh, that's infuriating. We're trying to, you know, break off the poverty mindset, and yet we're we find out that we're in a system that wants us to. I, I don't know. Have the illusion that there's hope. I don't know. It's like, oh my gosh. Now hold on. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. Well. And, and I think there is, I, I think there is, but let me, let me get to something else here. Okay. okay? Because what, what I, what I going to say next is predicated on understanding a few things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one trade is not new. Mm -hmm. Trade is a concept that is pre-Adamic. Mm -hmm. Let me explain. Mm -hmm. Bible says in Ezekiel 28, uh, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. Now, this passage in Ezekiel 28 is commonly associated with Lucifer, right? And he was the anointed cherub who covered. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how, you know, they, they look at the five I wills, I will ascend to the sides of the north, 
I will be like the Most High God. This conversation is found in a parallel passage in Isaiah 14, right? So they conclude that the sin of Satan was jealousy of God. And jealousy may have been a big part of it, mm-hmm. but the actual cause for the violence that filled him was his trading. It was his trading. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence and you sinned. There's absolutely no debate that is clearly and literally what the text says. It was all about trade. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence and you sinned. So Jesus comes back, book of Luke, and and he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. We know that God cast him out of his mountain. And uh, he was cast down to the earth. Well, Okay, what kind of knowledge do you think he's carrying with him in all of his fury and rage now that he has been kicked out by Yahweh? Mm. Well, Well, he was there at the beginning, so he would know. All about trade. Wow, yeah, and wow. All about trade. See, 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 this guy is Mm. a masterful traitor. So how is he going to take over the world? Well, a large part of it is through trade. (laughs) Are you beginning to get why there's such a wisdom, and I say it's demonic wisdom, but a wisdom nonetheless behind the system we were born into? Wow. This comes straight from the head honcho. And, And so they create the World Bank, they create, you know, other things. And, and then they begin to make loans to all of these nations around the earth at interest rates that can never be paid back. And then they do predatory banking and hire guys out of the CIA and other groups to kill people that get in the way of governments taking these loans to put them in debt to the system. Like this is like, even before I was born, stuff like this, we call them economic hitmen. Mm-hmm. All bringing the world under subjugation to a rigged system. And so that's why they start wars and fund both sides. They love to start wars and fund both sides. So, So what we have to understand, though, is that trade is not limited to the earth realm. It's not like two people wake up, Bert and Bernie, and they say, all right, I'm going to give you $5 and you give me a hamburger. And if you want to put your $5 somewhere that's safe, you put it in my locker and I'll pay you $5 and five cents next year for putting it in my locker because I might invest, you know, like it's not just that simple. See, trade is what I call transdimensional because other higher beings have great vested interest in what transactions in the earth and involving man produce because Berlin, I don't know if you knew this, I'm sure you did. We are not just material beings. We are spiritual beings navigating a physical reality. And so whatever happens with us and implicating us simultaneously implicates things in the heavens. Hmm. Let me break this down another way. Mm -hmm. Please do, Dan. You're so good at this. (laughs) I I call this a new book of knowledge. This is where it all goes. And I'm going to jump forward and I'll jump back. I believe that God has a solution, Braylon. I think that God has an economic system that he wants to bring in from heaven. I don't think it's a small thing. I think it's a big thing. I think that 
that as we move into transition in the coming years, there will be nations that say we've had it with this nonsense. There's enough people rising up and tearing uh, the grids that have held these systems in place from the spirit realm for so long down that there is room being made for a new thing to be brought in. I, Ooh, and I got juice on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's what, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm tearing down. I, I'm in the spirit tearing down massive grids and imploding that's realms right. of evil and counterfeit timelines all the time. And I can't qualify that right now because I'm talking about something else. But okay. all right, all right. The, 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 the thing is, God ha has needed, you know, it's called a displace to replace agenda. And so there is a displacing agenda going on right now where God is training people in how to leverage justice cases against the powers of darkness to destroy their grids in the spirit world and make room for something else to be brought in. Because like, let's say I have a demon of self-protection until I let go of that demon of self-protection. Often I can't make room for Jesus to be my protector. Mm -hmm. I have to displace to replace. And that's the way this thing works is a displace to replace agenda. And so as things are being cleared out, nations are going to be asking the question, well, if we don't do central banking based on this rigged system, uh, paying these guys in the Illuminati all this money so they can continue to craft ways to kill us all. Right. Uh, what system do we put in place? I think there's a wisdom of, from heaven for that. And I actually think that it is a system that is not based on debt, but equity. And so the entire wisdom of how financial instruments are even leveraged within those systems are going to be completely different. There's a whole new wisdom. I'm talking about it actually fundamentally to the core is built upon a different foundation. And mm -hmm. I think that God is going to begin downloading this into people. There's going to be microcosms of demonstration that people actually do deploy. And from those groups that are very successful, there will be a request of the nations to say, what are these systems that you are working with? Where is this wisdom coming from? And how can we bring our whole nation under a different economic framework? And, and, and so um, one of the first steps towards this is obviously going to be uh, depowering, you know, central banks yeah. and, you know, bringing their uh, uh, interest rates to zero, which means they stop making money on their central banks. Now, talking about what Trump did. Okay, recently, yes, uh, Trump did bring the Federal Reserve interest rate to zero percent. Not him, but, you know, in his administration, this has happened right. recently. And right. so some people are calling this a step towards ending the Fed. And I, all I can say is I hope it is. Well, and also, isn't it, isn't the, all of the money that they're providing for stimulus doesn't go back to the Fed when people repay it, it goes back to the treasury. So Correct. that's also a, a taking away their funding, essentially. Correct. That's my and understanding. So, so my hope is that he finds a way to keep that interest rate at zero until something else can happen. I, I, I mean, right. gosh, that would be so big. There's no way to transition out of this gridlock unless the, the, the central banking system is actually taken out of the equation. But, you know, what I'm saying here is, is that there is a wisdom that I believe God has and nations will want it. Yes. Nations will want it. And so, you know, 
I believe that this is actually part of a mega colossal move. Some would call it a third great awakening. Braylon, I, I endeavor to suggest that a third great awakening is much more than a billion soul harvest. Oh, absolutely. But it through that and in the midst of that and, 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 and probably leading up into that, there is going to be a company of the children of God that are rewiring systems that run the world in specific areas to allow for that. And I believe that a, re, uh, a reformation in the economic realm on national levels is part of that, part of that plan of heaven. I'm a big thinker and I can't help it because this is where I start. I actually started with God. He talked to me about sheep nations before I ever read Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what that was or how that, but, but I believe that God has massive these, you know, he started talking to the body of Christ about the seven mountains of society in the seventies, trying to prepare us for this idea that look, heaven has more armies, more resources, more wealth, and more power than anything these kingdom of darkness guys can access. Yet somehow we're at the bottom because we haven't learned how to step into that, how to leverage that, how to deploy that. But, but this is the thing. There's a season where that is going, it is now it's, it's actually now it's actually now. And so, so coming back to this whole idea of transdimensional trading, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, 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 the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bereshit bara Elohim, Shemaim, Eretz. And between bara, which is created, and Shemaim, there is a untranslated Hebrew word, Aleph Tav. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then there is a second Aleph Tav between Shemaim and Aret. So it actually says Bereshit Bara Elohim. Um, it's actually Bara Elohim. Aleph Tav Shemaim, Aleph Tav Eretz. But the second Aleph Tav has a Vav added to it. And the Vav means nail. So it actually says in the beginning, God created through the Aleph Tav, which is Alpha and Omega, who is Jesus in Revelation, right? He reveals that's his name. Through Jesus, God creates the heavens and through Jesus nails the heavens to the earth. So heaven is nailed to earth through the template of creation. Then God creates man from the dust of the ground. Now earth is tied to man as a realm. So the heavens as a realm are tied to earth, which is a realm, and the earth as a realm is tied to man, which is a realm. Now, of course, we have Jesus who comes as a man. And when he dies to reconcile man to God, his death is of such a profound significance because the destiny of earth is tied to man and the destiny of the heavens is tied to earth. Therefore, as a man, Jesus is able to wrap up the redemption of man, earth, and heaven into a single event. Now. Well, that was a pretty important event then. Wow. I preach Christ and him crucified. So, exactly. so this is the thing. This is the thing, right? That was a transdimensional trade. Wow. Jesus traded his life. It becomes a transdimensional event. Now, you have before that, 
like a perversion where Satan is, or Lucifer is in the heavens trading. Um, when we get into the New Testament, what we begin to understand is, you know, Paul is saying, I, I, I want you to give a gift in the book of Philippians that um, it may uh, abound to your account. He actually, you know, kind of explains that these guys, they were, they, they were engaging with him through giving, unlike some of the other churches, and, and he wanted the fruit to abound to their heavenly accounts because we do have heavenly accounts. As a matter of fact, we also have heavenly storehouses. And the thing is, the things that are stored up for us in heaven are designed to be deployed into the earth, meaning that trade for the believer is actually also a transdimensional conversation, right? Because there's a wisdom to giving. If you give, he who gives abundantly will reap abundantly. So that, that's a transdimensional trading conversation. There is an exchange with what is in the third heavenly places in Christ Jesus that happens as we give and we receive. Now, I endeavor to suggest that for all of history, all economics has been a transdimensional conversation, Braylon. It's always been a transdimensional conversation. There's always been exchange between what goes on in the heavens and what is traded on the earth. Yes. That's why it was so significant when um, Abraham bought that tomb for his grave. Like that, that's still a sacred site to this day. You know, they, trades on earth manifest things in heaven. This is why territorial work becomes so complicated. Because when you begin to try to bring a city out into a state of redemption, now you're having to figure out covenants, trades, contracts, hidden things, what the founders did, what was done, what kind of, you know, human sacrifice was done here, what that trade meant in the spirit world. And so you end up with some of this territorial work for those that have tried to get into that realm or have been called into it. You realize it's not so easy. There's a lot going on here that needs to be addressed. Why? Because trading is a transdimensional conversation. So, so what we understand is that um, we are plugged into a transdimensional trade by nature of the world we're born into because this Rothschild grid does not only exist in the physical realm through the systems they deployed, it simultaneously exists in the spirit world. I have a question. Hmm. Is the trading... Does it happen on multiple timelines as well? As of course, well as absolutely. Trading can happen on multiple timelines. Dimensions? Wow. Absolutely. Well, goodness. No wonder it's so complicated and convoluted to cut all the strings. Huh. And this is one of the problems that people run into that are trying to get freedom, Braylon. Uh, yeah. Because guess what? Trades get made on us all the time. What, what, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, there have been plenty of Freemasonic grandparents that have decided that for you. <laughs> so many people are waking up to the reality that trades were made on the Freemasonic trading floors on their generation so that their grandparents could have a uh, thriving business 40 years ago. Mm, mm -mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in my world, which is a strange world, <laughs> because I deal with survivors of satanic ritual abuse. And, and we deal with multiple timelines all the time, really, all the time. Mm. We're always having to deal with multiple timelines. And the, 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 the fact of the matter is, um, trades happen in 
parallel timelines that people are trafficked into that can in some degree affect their lives in the earth now, which is one of the reasons why I have a deliverance from evil timelines prayer where we're actually going in calling for a justice case, collapsing those evil timelines and getting their soul fragments that have been trafficked there out so that these ungodly trades can't happen anymore. That's in my second book. It's in your second book? Okay. <laughs> anyway. That's all you're looking. I <laughs> know, oh, right. Okay, I know it's in here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this in a little minute. Okay, continue. Oh, you're good. <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, on the subject of, of other timelines and time wheels and the idea of soul trafficked parts, I um, know that that's going to be a stumbling block for a number of people. It's like, I've never heard of that before. Where is that in the Bible? And, and, and I don't know, maybe your audience isn't so much uh, like that, but I, I, I do um, respect and honor that concern because it's like, you know, well, you could say all kinds of things, but where is it? And, and this is so interesting. Okay. Now in, in the book of Nehemiah chapter one, verses eight and nine, Nehemiah is quoting a, uh, a, a passage um, from the Talmud, which, which is, I define the first five books of the Bible. Okay. okay. And um, technically the Septuagint, is that what that's called? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, no, um, but he, he, he's, quoting, he, he's quoting a passage from the first five books of the Bible. Not okay. the Talmud, not the Talmud, not the Talmud. That's not right. that. That's the Jewish stuff. I know you're, um, you're so good at teaching the Kabbalah. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> no, I'm getting so confused. <laughs> no, he is quoting the first five books of the Bible. And okay. um, he, he, he says in, in verse eight of Nehemiah one, remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now, I actually brought this up at the Bride Ministries Church not too long ago. But the casual reader is going to read this and say, well, farthest parts of the heavens, that probably means, you know, he's going to bring them from the regions around that general area, maybe Europe, North Asia, mid-Africa. So you're going to come back, everybody's come back to land. Well, except for one thing, the word heavens is the Hebrew word Shemaim, same word from Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created Shemaim. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking the span of the dimensions and everything contained by her. And and he says, though some of you were cast out to the furthest parts of Shemaim. Interesting. That word furthest parts comes from the Hebrew word katsa, which literally means extremities or end, borders or outskirts. So he's saying the extremities of Shemaim. Though some of you were cast to the extremities of Shemaim. That's a little further than Eastern Europe. Yeah. Now, Here's the thing, if you break down the, the letters and just do their definitions, you would find, find it so interesting because cuff, the first letter here, means condensed circle or time. Sade means weight, it means chase, snare, hunt. Hay means look, reveal, or breath. So it actually says, though some of you are cast out to the condensing circles of time that have snared breath between two waters pressed or the time wheels in the heavens 
I will bring you back. Wow. The time wheels in the heavens. Nehemiah 1 9. Who would have thought? So, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> you know, I love my job because one of the, it gives me such great and deep joy to, to, to know that people have to wrestle with the fact that I actually can pull some of this stuff out of the Bible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, yeah. I can tell uh, you're just giddy about that. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well done. Well played. <laughs> um, okay. So, so yeah, reel it on back. <laughs> so I'm saying that trade is a transdimensional conversation from beginning to end. We as believers have a transdimensional trade with God. And these Illuminati and people that are working the kingdom of darkness angle, they have a trade with the kingdom of darkness. Heavenly places that are ruled over by principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, according to Ephesians 6.12. Like they're trading into these realms. Mm -hmm. And so um, what happens is when I bring a conversation onto the table that says God wants to bring in a new economic system, there, the wisdom that is being deployed into that statement is that this system is actually going to lean into the reality of heaven itself. That is the third heavenly places in Christ Jesus and the abundance of resources there. The trades that happen will actually contain a wisdom that integrates those resources by pulling them into this realm. Mm -hmm. It's, and, and right now we don't really know what that looks like because our system is based on an, a demonic wisdom. But let me tell you the difference. You know, and my wife, Christian, she was on your podcast. She She's brings- amazing, yeah. And if she, anyone needs to go hear that, make sure you do. Go to spiritcenterbusiness.com and go to uh, Christian Carriga. so. She, she, she really brought this out for me. You know, the Lord had her do a study on the difference between debt and lending. So mm -hmm. debt is usury. And, uh, from one passage to the next throughout the Bible, God is always telling his people, do not exact usury on a brother. Mm. As a matter of fact, when Jesus made his trade, part of it was that he paid all debt. The debt of sin was paid. So in God's thinking, usury or debt creation is not his wisdom. So we are trading into a system by birth that is not built on God's wisdom because it is built on debt creation. A different wisdom implicates lending. And God is all about lending. That is, uh, I will become an equity partner in what is being built here. Mm. Personal vested interest in your success. And if an economic system were to shift from debt creation, where you have predators and sharks and you have minnows and prey, right? Mm -hmm. Illuminati are the sharks and the Christians are the prey. We're getting eaten alive. 
Yeah. Uh, you have a system where the, the, the purpose of the system is to empower economic success. And that means that you don't do things like find people that don't know the first thing about budgeting and give them a credit card for $5,000 so they can put themselves into debt their freshman year of college. Like that kind of stuff is demonic wisdom. It's predatory. The only one that wins is whoever holds that debt as long as the parents are gracious enough to not let their kids sink right out the gate. Like it's, it, but when you have a system that's based on lending, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to put money in this, if our institutions and our financial system are going to put money in this, then it is a lending proposition. There's an equity stake. There is uh, a vested interest in your success. We're going to make sure that you know how to balance your checkbook or your bank account. We're going to know that you have the skill set that you need to be successful in what you are endeavoring to do, that you have the right people around you. That's all going to be assessed on the front end. There's going to be intelligence behind building. And, and, and this, yeah. is, this is the thing. I find a lot of believers building without intelligence, Braylon. They, they yeah. don't think. They, they think dumb thoughts. If I just pray <laughs> enough, this will work. No, it won't. Because right. if you pray, <laughs> God will tell you, God will tell you where your help comes from. And you know what? You may sign up for a class. You may get a degree. You may get something that actually provides you with the physical, real world technique and skill that you need to do that thing. Because you don't have it. You do not have it. It's like, well, God told me I'm going to be a multimillionaire, but I just got fired from Chick-fil-A. Why did you get fired? Well, I wasn't showing up on time. Okay. We have some work to do. Like, I believe that that is in your future, sir or madam. But. Yes. There's something called a maturation process. And even spiritually, we have a maturation process. How do you think you can subtract a maturation process from the natural realm if God won't even subtract it from the spirit realm. Jesus had to learn certain things through that which he suffered. Even Jesus had some kind of maturation process he went through as a man on this earth redeeming us. And I don't fully purport to understand that. But I know that when John writes his book, he says, and I write to you, infants, I write to you young children, I write unto you young men, I write unto you fathers. Because he knows there is a cascade of maturity. And there are certain things that God only trusts to fathers that he does not trust to the infants. And Christians, sometimes they think in their head, look, I'm going to engage this from my infancy and be very successful. No, you will not. Grow up. Learn. Be trained. Pass your tests. He who is faithful in little will be faithful in what is much. Am I pre all right? I, I told I probably told you I wasn't gonna preach, so I'm, I'm gonna back up. This is too much. You're doing an awesome job, Dan. This is why I brought you on the show. People need to hear this message. Come on, go ahead. We're talking, we're talking the we're talking wisdom and that you actually have to do some work to build a business. It's not just gonna land on you while you're laying on the couch eating bonbons. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> so God, God, this is what I think, this is what I think, right? 
Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning God. I'm like, okay, look, there's a new economic system coming. If there's a displaced to replace agenda, obviously there's going to be different camps of people. There's going to be people that are called to tear down the grids, displace, yeah. right? There's going to be people called to replace, and then there's going to be some back and forth. I, I believe that I'm a bit of a back and forth person because I'm kind of sitting and looking at the whole thing. I, I am going to be involved on both sides of this, but like my wife is more of a replace kind of person. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, is going to, but, but I believe that there is a call. God is actually going to be giving people calls. He's going to say, look, I need you. This is your mandate. You must make $500 million. This is your mandate. You must become a billionaire. This is contrary to Christian thought that say, well, you know, blessed are the poor for they shall see God. It's like, well, mm, you know, yeah, the poor will see God and God has things. They'll, they'll know his kingdom and his kingdom is certainly the solution to poverty. But see, uh, God has really big things that he needs to do. And, 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 and in order for the world to seek out the wisdom of the children of God, God needs people that can demonstrate his wisdom. And you're not right. demonstrating his wisdom if you are collecting, you know, $20 an hour. And, and there's nothing wrong with collecting $20 an hour at your job. But God has for some people a calling to demonstrate a wisdom that will produce extraordinary results that the world will lean into and say, look, we're done with this, but we need what you got and your wisdom to help us build a new system. And so I think that God is going to release people that are actually going to demonstrate a heavenly wisdom by building different than the way we have traditionally built. You know, when I was uh, in, in Bible school and uh, I was learning some things about economics, one of the things that I really began to embrace was this idea of OPM, other people's money, right? So yep. go to the bank, borrow their money, and just make more money than the interest you're paying. Worldly wisdom, right? It's usury. But it sounded like a great idea. And for some people, it has worked. I'm not saying it doesn't work ever. It does work. Yeah. The reason why I'm debt-free is because I bought a house and sold it at profits back in like 2014. And I've never had debt since. So, you know, there, there is something there. But what I am saying is he, he is going to cause people to challenge that thought process and say, well, how could this be built different? Oh, thank you, God, this and this and this and this. Build the map. Create it and create it for themselves and others, network it, create a microcosm of a system that can demonstrate how it works within a larger pool, right? So you're building a micro system and a macro system, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, we're still trading US dollars. Like, but for those people that can do this, there will be an invitation. So I think that God is definitely going to be passing out calls for certain people, millionaires, hundred millionaires, billionaires, like th this is on because, because God has a bigger, it's called kingdom business. Yep. You know, God is demonstrating his government and he's going to say, look, these Illuminati's this. Yeah. But what I got is so much better. Right. And it doesn't come with a price. Yeah. As in, as in, depression and anxiety and nail biting and frustration and you know all of those things that the devil would beat you down on you know with 
The Bible oh, says the Lord good. maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to say that that there won't be frustration in some things, but you can all. But there's always the point where you can step up and sit on your throne of rest and look down at the situation and go, "Okay, hold on, I have to stop this emotional roller coaster because I know God's got this. I know God called me to this, and I know that this is this." obstacle or this thing that I'm pushing through is just part of the process and I got to quit my bitching and we're going to just move on. <laughs> Go to camp, quit your bitching. <laughs> did you ever attend that? <laughs> that camp <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So, so where do we go from here, Braylon? Um, are there yeah. questions? Well, you know what? I would love, we're, we're almost out of time. Um, goodness, this has been so good. And we haven't even gotten into the, into the other stuff. You know what? How about this? I would ask that for the Academy peeps that you would teach us how to do some spiritual warfare um, to protect and defend and possibly establish um, our business in the spirit realm. So let's do that for the Academy peeps. So let's finish up here though, on one little thing that was coming to me while you were talking about the power structures. And I had, I need to tell you a little story. This is, this is so funny because I've been thinking about um, having you on the show and, and, you know, I love your work and I, I, um, you know, binge watched all your podcasts and all of that stuff. But here's the thing. I don't know if it was just because I knew I was going to see you today or God had something for me. Um, but this morning I woke up and I'm literally praying Dan Duvall kind of prayers over the spirit realm, tearing down power structures, tearing down systems and, and you know, grids and all of this stuff. And I, and I woke up and I really surprised myself. And I just said, you go girl. And I just listened to myself go. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so, so thank you for helping us have the language to do this deconstructive um, work that needs to happen because the more that we come into agreement with it, and, and this is what I want you to pray about is coming into agreement with those systems by, by continuing the frequency of fear and I don't know if I'm going to have enough and lack and that poverty mentality and all of those things and especially now when we have nothing but hitting us over the head with fear I mean I'm driving down the highway and I see this this sign over the highway that says you know um, prevent the spread of COVID stay home or it's like Oh, please. You know, I'm like, you got to stay home right here. But <laughs> anyway, I'm a little bit of a feisty one. But um, we can't come into agreement with this spirit of fear. We just have to release the joy and reverse the fear and, and bring down the, the heavens frequencies. So I would love this last little bit for you to pray over us to break down these structures of fear that's going on right now. And we'll just leave it at that for the end of the public segment. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Let's okay. Do it. 
Well, Father God, we uh, do come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am. You are greater than all the power of darkness. As a matter of fact, in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And Father God, right now I declare on behalf of myself and everyone listening to this that is in agreement, Lord God, we renounce fear and serve it a bill of divorce and pull up the hidden documents, covenants, contracts, agreements, certificates, oaths, and vows, entangling us with fear, fear of finance, fear of the future, fear of coronavirus, fear in general, and we call it stamped with the blood of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you that every part of us that is in agreement with fear is put on, Lord God, the feet of the lion of the tribe of Judah to receive ministry. Furthermore, we deed fear territory in us over to the kingdom of God and invite you, Lord Jesus, to take the throne and to rule over this territory with your rod of iron. Father God, I pray for a release of ideas, gifts, creativity. Lord God, I pray for a loosening of uh, those um, entanglements that have locked us out of provision, Lord God, opportunity, Lord God, and the blessings of heaven. Lord God, I thank you that we are receiving the harvest on that which we have sown in that pathways that have blocked, been blocked. And this allowing, Lord God, the reception of seed sown in harvest are now being cleansed and purged by your living water. Lord God, we declare that uh, gatekeepers to fear are bound. And Lord God, we shut fear portals in the name of Jesus, purging them with the blood of Jesus. Father God, we declare that we are severed from fear by the sword of the spirit. We also thank you that fear is judged and has to give an account for wrongs committed on and, and against our lives. So Lord God, we demand justice and judgment against fear in the form of uh, wrath, arrows, lightning, hail, stones, tsunamis of living water, yes. plundering by the armies of heaven, the Lord God, the uh, uh, battering rams of heaven on that fierce structure in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you that uh, you open the heavens and we thank you for former and latter ways. Lord God, we speak these things from a place of receptivity and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for watching. I just wanted to let you know that I have a new course coming out in uh, the latter part of May. Uh, it is Intentional Abundance. So if that speaks to you, you can go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com forward slash abundance and check that out. And uh, thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, wherever you're listening. Thank you to the Fringe Radio Network, which also hosts the um, Tr Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall show. And <laughs> thank you to Johnny McMahon over there and those guys. And so through that, we are syndicated on Spotify and iHeartRadio and iTunes and Spreaker and a whole bunch of other places. So thank you for those guys. Thank you to think Kingdom Talks Media for hosting us on your channels. And I think that is it. So until next time, stay spirit-centered. Bye-bye. Spirit-Centered Business, Spiritual Principles, and Business Principles Combined. If you're ready to align your destiny and discover the destiny of your business, join us. We are entrepreneurs, leaders, and business professionals who take the power of the spirit realm in our business seriously. We go beyond just consuming information. 
we participate, activate, and engage the supernatural with unbelievable results. If you want to gather with like-minded business professionals to activate spiritual principles and mastermind creative solutions to business challenges, Spirit Centered Business is your tribe. Go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com to become a member today. Thank you for listening to Spirit Centered Business with Berlin Newby. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. The next age of doing business by being spirit-centered is coming together in collaboration, working with spiritual principles and knowing our destiny. Join our tribe at spiritcenteredbusiness.com and we'll catch you on the next broadcast. Peace out. Take them. Go, go, squeeze. You make the memories. We'll make the snacks. Find us in the applesauce aisle. Let's go.